Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Big Prepper Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Pritchard, as always. And I have to apologize to everybody. I haven't been posting on this, you know, regularly. I do this every time I'm driving to work and any time that I just have a good bit of time that I don't really have anything else to do, but mainly on the weeks that I work. Because there's only about two weeks out of the month that I'm actually going to be posting. And I I feel like I'm just kind of half-assing it. I don't want to say anything that'll get me in trouble, but I feel like that's what I'm doing. I'm not giving you guys the best podcast that I can get. I'm very happy. We've we've reached about 75 views, I want to say. Um, we're getting about five or six views per podcast, which is to me is amazing. It may not sound that great to a lot of people, but to me, I, I love it. But uh, I kind of wanted to talk about what happens when shit hits the fan. What do you do? How should you be prepared for this? And what are some mistakes that people make towards this? Now, I am not an expert by any means. I'm just kind of looking at it from the outside in. I've started prepping myself, and I have learned a few things. Uh, I've tried to learn the things that are not financial hits. Uh, Like, for example, if you're buying a bug out backpack, which we'll talk about a little bit on this episode, and then we'll... uh, We'll elaborate a little further on another episode, but uh, if you're buying a backpack for a bug out bag, you want to get a good one. You don't want to buy a little $5 Spider-Man backpack and then, you know, use it for a little while and realize it's way too small and have to upgrade. Now, of course, you do, you do have people that and I, I'm sort of like this on certain things. You have people that believe, basically, that you don't overspend and you you buy or you get what you can get your hands on and you make it work. And that is the case. But for a lot of things, you know, you can... I would suggest using things you already have versus buying something else and then having to replace it later. If, if you do it right the first time, it's the easiest... But if you can do it without any financial burden on yourself, it's the best thing. So let's talk about different things to be prepared in survival situations. Now, a lot of people, including myself, um, to be fully transparent, we've only prepared for something to where we bunker in, such as this coronavirus. Now, we, myself personally, I have everything that I need. There's, you know, a few things that I think I could add, um, such as water barrels, which I do have a contact in uh, Minnesota. I'm going to talk to them. They're about four hours away from my house, and I can actually get the water barrels for about one-fifth the price of an actual, like a brand new water barrel. So I could get five for the price of one, which is incredible. So uh, I'm going to be doing some business with this person. I don't plan on buying a ton of them, but if people want to buy some for me at a you know a higher price, 
that I, I might stop by every now and again and get some. But anyway, uh, but a lot of people tend to only think about, you know, what happens if you stay inside your house. And, you know, it's all good. You have all this food and you get all this water and different supplies, flashlights and candles, and things of that nature. And that's great. That's amazing. I encourage everyone to do that. And I have a lot of people that they kind of ask me, how should they do it? And I say, well, you, you kind of take what you eat and you, you look at things that you can implement into your own diet that are, that well, that have long shelf lives. And basically, you just buy a little bit more each time than what you need. And you just keep rotating your stock. And, you know, if you can start with like a 72-hour emergency supply, you know, that would be great and then move it up to two weeks and move it up to a month and then a year and, you know, go as far as you'd like, but make it manageable to where you can, you know, you can eat all of that. Uh, if you're like my family and myself, we eat the same thing all, every week. So for us to stock up on everything, it's we're going to eat it regardless. We don't just all of a sudden, you know, start eating, you know, lasagna three or four times a week. Like if we, if we do eat something that's different from what we normally eat, it's going to be for like one meal, two meal tops, probably per month. So we, we're pretty consistent. So you can kind of buy what you know that you'll eat and you can buy other things that you don't normally eat a lot of, but you know, things just to have, but, uh, you know, there's, there's different people. They're going to tell you different items that you need to buy for every little thing. But the, the thing of it is, is you have in a situation that, let's say you're in California. Um, this is a real situation that happens, seems several times a year in California. But California is known to have a bunch of wildfires uh, just because it doesn't rain there. Everything is really dry. And once something gets caught on fire, I've watched the video and it, it really takes no time at all to spread like crazily. It spreads like super fast. Um, so say that happens well a year's supply of food's not going to do you very good if you can't stay in that house so what everyone suggests and different experts say is you should get a bug out bag and there's some people that they keep stuff in their vehicle and they they stack it up for different things but for the most part it's just not it's not feasible to load your car down with a year's supply of food because you're going to be out for a year, you know, on your own in the wild somewhere, it's just not feasible. You can't use your car, you know, to that matter. For one, it's exposed to all the elements and the food may go bad. And, uh, my boss one time told me that he was hauling big gallon cans of peaches or green beans or something like that and said it was very, very hot and the can started exploding. And I was like, I didn't know that would happen. But he said they exploded all in his car. So they lost all the product and, you know, they were out some money. But anyway, um, so what I'm reading a lot is you would really want to do some type of maybe 72-hour bug out bag. And I'm seeing a lot of people posting different things on YouTube and online about it. And one thing I saw that I want to say, just in my opinion, 
everybody's got their own opinion, but I, I feel like this person is wrong. And you guys may feel I'm wrong too, but this is my opinion. Each bag should be able to keep someone alive. Each bag should be able to, if for whatever reason, you have four people with you, everybody has a bag, and the four of you get into a big argument and you all go in four different directions and you set up camp, you should all be able to survive on your own. Now, I say that because the thing I'm, I'm trying to get at is don't put money in one of the bags and then have pots and pans in another bag and a food in the other bag, things like that. We've seen all these movies that something is going on, you know, and a bag goes overboard of a boat and someone steals a bag. You know, like, oh, that had all our food in it and things like that, you know. You don't want to do that. And I see people online and they say, this is what you should put in your bag. And then you can have a separate bag somebody else can carry and a separate bag this person can carry. You don't want to split your stuff up, just in my opinion. Just because if you lose one, something happens, it gets it get stolen, you know, it, what, what, just whatever. You know, it gets destroyed, gets burned up in a fire, whatever. You haven't lost everything of one item. And with that being said, just in my opinion, there's no way to get every last little thing that you're going to need. And you have to really think about what you're trying to bug out to. When we had a Hurricane Katrina, I, had, I met some friends um, after Hurricane Katrina that said that they actually lived on the interstate in their car. It was backed up, bumper-to-bumper um, -bumper traffic, and they had to sleep in their car. It was the four of them. And they slept in their car. Um, some people slept under their cars, some people slept on top of the cars, on the hood, you know, all over the place for three days with no food and very little water. And, uh, so if they would have had a bug out bag during that situation, theirs would probably differ from a few other people's. And when I, when I think back about it, a bug out bag that I think about is not necessarily matches and a way to set up a tent and, you know, a shovel and all that stuff. I'm not really thinking about that because I'm not thinking of bugging out to the woods. I'm thinking of trying to get to someone else's house that is out of the way. And that's why I bring in this California wildfires thing. There may be some people that are going to the woods, but there's going to be a lot of people that are probably just going to someone else's house. Or it might be, you know, you might be stuck in traffic for a, a day or so just because the, the roads are blocked. You can't go anywhere. Well, if that's the case, then, you know, your bug out bag, if you want to call it a bug out bag, may not have all that stuff. You might have some food and some water, a little money to get by with. Um, some books or something to keep you entertained. Maybe you have some spare batteries for like an old Game Boy or uh, Nintendo DS or something like that. You know, you, you've got you've got that aspect. And, and then you've got some people that maybe they live in the country and that's what they're planning to. You know, they're going to they're going to go out into the country and they're going to go to their log cabin or they're going to go camping or whatever. And they're going to have 
fire starters and they're going to have shovels and things to build to dig a latrine and you know stuff of that nature but you really there's no one size fit all bag and i say that because these bags get heavy really quick there's always something that you could think of to add to it you could you add these life straws and you add shovels and pots and pans and you you add silverware and then you get food and you uh, you want to bring water too, but remember, water is you know eight pounds per gallon. It it just adds up so quick. And the thing of it is, you can make a pack as big as you want. You can make a thousand pound pack if you want to. The problem is, is when it gets so heavy that you can't physically walk or you can't walk very far with it, it defeats the purpose. It's supposed to be a bug out bag. It's not bring everything that you have with you. So there's going to be things that are going to be left out. There's going to be a lot of things that you can prepare for. But there's going to be a lot of things that, depending on your situation, you're not going to use. As I've said, if you're stuck in traffic, I don't see you busting out, you know, being able to cut down a tree and make a fire, you know, in the middle of the summertime type deal. Now, it'd be good to have in certain aspects, but it's not as I'm saying. It's not going to work for everyone. So there's no for sure survival backpack. Now, there are things that can be used in every situation. Food, water, uh, medical equipment. And when I say medical equipment, I mean like a basic first aid kit. Uh, they have them at Walmart. I think they're about $17. Uh, you just buy like a basic, basic, basic first aid kit. And this is not going to be for if someone, you know, breaks their leg and has a bone sticking out and you need saline and all this other stuff, it's not going to be all that. You'll have just like a basic little thing and it'll kind of tide you over. But you should you should have some form of that. You should have some form of food. My recommendation is to find those high-calorie food bars. And now you may be, you know, your stomach may be rumbling because it's not used to having such a little amount of food, but you'll have enough calories to go through the day. And that's that's the, the hardest part about it is you eat a little bit and it's so packed with calories, but it gets digested so fast that your stomach is just kind of like doesn't know what to do. It's like, no, I should be eating a whole lot more. But you have to kind of fight that. And you're not really hungry. So... You got that. You got some water. Uh, I know a lot of people, they keep like a case of water just in their trunk. I don't know why. I, I, they just A lot of people do. But that, that's a good way to go. Um, it's not a lot of water, you know, for a big family. But it, it'll at least get you through in a pinch. You know, you won't severely dehydrate and die in three days, as they say you will, if you don't have water. So that'd be a good thing to have. Uh changes of clothing i see that in like every little thing that i, I read um especially like different socks and underwear and things of that nature uh jacket is always good at least a thin jacket i would say some of these other jackets especially when you get my size seems like they take up the entire vehicle if you take it off but just some things like that that kind of helps and as i've said i've I've got a more in-depth podcast coming out uh, probably later today. 
uh, maybe later in the week, something like that, of a recommended list of things to have in your survival backpack. And now you can make your own survival backpack, just depending on what you want to bring, what your situation is, um, or you can buy one. And they range from, you know, 40 or $50 to, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars and I think I've seen some over a thousand. Uh, and it just it just depends. And those are great. You know, don't get me wrong, they have got you know anything that you could think of for the most part in there, but as I've said before, a lot of that's just wasted stuff. It's it's stuff that you'll never really have to use. If you're just going to a friend's house, you probably won't need a camp stove. If you have food in there that that you know you can you can eat without heating up. Um, canned foods and, you know, the little uh, high-ration bars of food. You don't need a stove. You don't need bottles of propane and things like that. Because, as I say, the more and more that you add on, the heavier and heavier your backpack gets, and the more likely it is to rip, the more likely it is that you're going to hurt yourself carrying it or you're not going to be able to carry it very far. That's just another mistake I see a lot of people make. Um, And now... What, what I suggest on, like, money-wise, if you can, you need to have things, not necessarily bugging out, but you need to have things that are an investment, such as, like, rental property, that type of thing. You can have that to where you can't just easily liquidate it. Um, you need to have something that you can liquidate, say uh, gold and silver, things like that, you can easily go liquidate that if you need money. Um, put money in the bank just in case there's you just need something when you're out and about and you don't have the cash on you and, and the infrastructure is still there. And then you just have cash on you. Uh, I always try to tell everybody, put a little bit of cash you know, in the bags. I, I try to say a couple hundred dollars per person and that's just to get you by. Now, I think if, if if stuff happens, you know, everybody can see from this coronavirus outbreak that the stores are going to be empty for the most part on a lot of stuff. There's still going to be stuff to eat. Um, it's especially, I see these people now, this is a tangent that I'm going to go off on, but I see these people and they talk so bad about all these people that bought all this stuff. And if you bought 100 cases of toilet paper, you were just silly. But when you see people and they go off and they buy a case of this and a case of that and a case of this, and all these people talk about them, I want to say the reason they do that is because they're jealous. Because they need that. And Or, they, or you have those people that, that see this is happening. And if I see something like that is happening, if I see, you know, say diapers... If I see that these people are coming in and they're buying four and five cases of diapers at a time, and I understand I have about a week's worth of diapers left at home, I'm probably going to buy a case. I'm not probably going to buy 40 cases, but I might buy a case and bring it home because I see what's happening. I'm not going to complain and be like, man, these people are so stupid. Then a week later, all you people ordered all these diapers. You bought this. No, I can't get any. That's just stupid. If you see this stuff happening, you can go out. You can go out and get your stuff. You don't just go crazy. As I said, I saw this coming a mile away. 
These people were in Sam's Club, stacked up, buying cases and cases of everything you can imagine. And I wasn't in time for the hand sanitizer, but we don't use hand sanitizer. We wash our hands. It's the same thing. So, and especially washing your hands is actually better than hand sanitizer because being in the hospital, there's certain things like C. diff, um, which is a uh, GI problem that people have um, from basically from getting too much of their bacteria killed in their stomach. They have a bunch of bad bacteria that kind of run wild and you have to put them on another kind of antibiotic that will destroy that, that bacteria and then more than likely put them on a probiotic um, like lactobacillus and things like that to kind of get their other good bacteria, you know, you know, juice back up. But you can't use hand sanitizer with that. It doesn't kill those um, spores, as they call them. It doesn't kill that. You can, you can pass that from person to person. But um, anyway, you know, you got to be prepared. You got to, you got to read the situation. You can't just be mad and get into a big mob of people. And what I, what I suggest everybody do is you start with a home supply of everything. If something happens and you have to leave suddenly, usually you have a few minutes. You don't have to be out right that second. Usually you've got a few minutes and in that few minutes, you go and back up whatever vehicle you're using or you grab a tarp or you grab whatever you can have, whatever you can grab and you put the most important things that you're going to need in the tarp, in the vehicle, whatever, and you go. And in that situation, the reason we have these bug out bags is because people tend to forget things. Let's say somebody had, well, I have a case of spaghetti and meatballs and they throw it in the car and they jump in and they leave and then they go, Oh, we don't have a can opener. You know, it's it's things like that that you don't think about in a crisis. So that's why they want you to have a bug out bag because you don't have all day to prepare. You only have a few minutes. And sometimes you have a lot longer and you can think of different things, but you're still going to forget it. And sometimes people use dry runs. People use people go camping with their bags just to make sure they know how to use everything. And people do that. Now, another mistake that I actually read about um, today, I didn't really think about it, was what people do is they go camping and then they borrow from their bug out bag. And that's kind of a no-no. You you really don't do that. Your bug out bag is for bug out purposes. You don't borrow from it because if you have to bug out suddenly and you haven't replaced what needs to go in there, then you're, you're without. You don't have it. And a lot of times, if you only have a few minutes, you're not thinking about, oh, uh, a year ago, I took the toenail clippers out. A year ago, I took the spoons out, or I, I took the pots and pans out, and, you know, things like that. You're not thinking about that. You're thinking about getting out. So when you get where you're going, you're like, oh, man, I don't have a way to cook. I don't have a way to do this and that. You know, you can be in a bind. So what I suggest everybody do is find the most recommended things for a bug out bag look those up and then i would also find make an escape plan what do you, what are your options do you have the option of bugging out into the woods do you have what is your other option whose house are you going to go to and 
you know, get with them and, you know, explain to them, hey, if something happens, we want to come to your house and tell them too, you know, something happens at their house, they can come to your house. And some people may live right down the street. Some people may live across town. Some people might live across the country, you know, and it just is going to depend on what happens. Because like I've said, no bug out bag is the same for every person. It's not the same for every situation. So if you're driving like I am right now, there's a bunch of open fields and things. So having a camp stove to pull over and actually heat up some food would be great to have. But if you're in Los Angeles and you're just going across town and say it takes you three, four hours or so, then just because of traffic or whatnot, you may only need some food and things like that. But you need something that's going to at least last 72 hours. After 72 hours, you can kind of start finding other things. Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into what happens after 72 hours if it's really bad, but you've got you've got at least enough to get you by for a little bit. And as I've said, if you put a little bit extra in there too, if something happens and somebody forgets their bag or somebody forgets this or whatever, or if your car is way too packed full and you can't fit anything else and it gets left behind, maybe you got a little bit extra in your bag to supplement. So now your 72-hour bag may only last you 60 hours because you have to share it with somebody. So you just be aware of that. Well, guys, that's all for this one. Uh, this one's kind of short. I'm still going to be uploading a few more during the week. As I said, I've got a full breakdown of of one bug out bag that's suggested. And I think I'll make some suggestions and probably pretty much tell you some stuff not to put in there. Uh, and we'll kind of go from there. And uh, I think we're going to, later on, later episodes, we're going to move into food storage. Um, I bought a canner recently. I haven't used it yet. But we're going to, you know, take my experience with canning, different things that I've tried to can. And we're going to we're gonna start there. And we're going to kind of talk about living off-grid and all kind of different things that I find interesting. So uh, thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. I don't know if you guys made it this far or not. But anybody that did, I really appreciate you listening to my ramblings. Um, I'll catch you guys later at the next one. And hopefully the next uh, episode will follow up this one probably in a few hours. So I'm going to catch you guys later.